we acknowledge that you are a great God, yes. an awesome God. Thank you for the privilege of calling us into your marvelous kingdom. We thank you that you conveyed us from the kingdom of darkness and you placed us in the kingdom of your dear son. And we are so appreciative. We are thanking you. We're blessing you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us a new lease. We bless your name for your blessings upon us. And we thank you, Lord God, that we are trusting you to bring to pass in our lives everything that you have already designed for us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for these times together. We honor and we bless you. Thank you for your word tonight. You, we pray for your unction upon everyone that's here. Our eyes are open. Our hearts are ready to receive the word of God and to heed your message to us. Thank you, Father. We bless you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take your seats. You're all welcome. We thank God for you being here tonight. Hallelujah. And very quickly, so we have a little more time to pray tonight. Uh, last night, we began by looking at the identity crisis. And we established the fact that every sin is rooted in not knowing or acknowledging our true identity as described in the scriptures. First, I went to Genesis chapter 1, verses 11, 12, and several other verses to show us how God at the creation created all the uh, animal kingdom and the plant kingdom according to its kind. And because those kingdoms or those plant kingdoms and animal kingdoms were made according to its kind, we are not surprised today that they reproduce after its own kind. Consequently, we also see in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 that the Bible says, the Trinity decided, let us make man in our own image and likeness. And so, when we recognize what God has packaged for us, just as in the case of the animals and the plants, where they reproduced after its own kind or their own kinds, then when you and I trust God and believe what God has said about us, we also will be able to carry out God's intention as God by his spirit enables us to do so. And that's the real key. That's the operative word there. By his spirit. Now, there's so much more that I can say about that particular subject, but I'll, I'll leave it now until perhaps in November when I have more time to really fully address it because I'm seeing some things now that I never, ever thought was there. Suffice it to say that the critical test of Adam and Eve is not so much as the enemy trying to deceive them about who they were, although that was part of it. In fact, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Uh... Let's start from verse 1, Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. 
Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There are two parts to that verse that can be addressed, but I'm going to leave one till later because it, take, it will take a lot more time to really get into it. But the point I want to make tonight is, right here in this verse, we see the beginning or the birthing of do-it-yourself religion. This is where it started, right there. Because God has already declared that he's making man, or Adam and Eve, in his own image and likeness. So the intent of God had been clearly stated. This is the goal. This is what God is after. So the tempter came to tell Eve, listen, don't let God do what he wants to do. Help yourself. Because we don't know when God is going to move. This is the same thing the enemy tells you and I today. Your bills are due. There are things you need to do. You may need a healing in your body. And the word of God has already made provision for all of these things. So the enemy says to you, don't wait on God. Maybe he's too busy. Maybe you're not as important. Maybe he has other things on his agenda. You can do A, B, C to get the same result. I said to you last night, the enemy's tactic has not changed. Now, there's a lot more on this, but I want to move on to what I believe God wants us to speak on tonight until I have proper time because I don't want to throw out some things out there and we're scratching our heads when we go home and I don't have time to really address it. But suffice it to say, this is the beginning of the do-it-yourself religion. That's why I started. Because God placed the tree of life in the garden and for sure was encouraging, nudging Adam and Eve, partake of this and not of this. And had they eaten of the tree of life, we would not be where we are today. Or even, or even after Satan tempted them, if they said, you know what, take your food and get out of here. We want to eat of the tree of life. That would have, end, that would have ended our rebellion right there. Amen? Amen? So I'm saying to us, the same trick that the enemy used way back in the garden is what still using today. Trying to lure us into self-help methods apart from not depending or relying on what God has already made available to us. Be careful. Beware of do-it-yourself religion. Amen? Now, having said that, let's move on to tonight's uh, material. And tonight I want to talk about Jesus' temptation. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. But I truly believe that when we understand the issue of our identity, we will have resolved 99% of all the sin problems. Because most of the problems we struggle with are derived out of the wrong identity base. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15. Hebrews 4.15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Now, you look at that verse of scripture, I'm sure you've read it, you know it, but I don't know if you've paid careful attention to it. That verse says, Jesus was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. That's very loaded. Let's ask the question. Is that true? Okay. You're struggling with answering that question. Okay, let me ask you the question. Was he tempted with homosexuality? He was? There were gays trying to take Jesus out in this day? <laughs> was he tempted with illicit sexual affair? <laughs> was he tempted with drugs? But the Bible says he was tempted in all points as we are. So the, 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 the key here is whatever temptation you and I are going through now, the Bible says he was tempted like that. So if there were no drugs then, then something's wrong. Because the Bible didn't say, it didn't, it didn't exclude anything. In all points, as we are, like as we are. Yeah. Amen? Perhaps there is another meaning to what the scripture is talking about. Perhaps there is a catch-all, something, some temptation that covers everything that the Bible is referring to. Because if you want to itemize temptations, homosexuality, sexual affair, drunkenness, uh, smoking weed, uh, overeating. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you want to go there, I am not sure that Jesus had to deal with those things. However, he was tempted. The temptation, as we began last night, that is the root of all temptation, is a temptation about your identity. That's it. Why will I go and get high? What would, what would, what would make a person want to go and get high? Because they perceive that that highness has something to offer them that they can get here. Whereas the Bible says, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So somebody sells you something that there's no more pleasure here apart from God with whom you are uniquely, organically in union with. And once, once, once you miss that, once you miss that and you begin to look for this attraction somewhere else, you're off, you're off base. So the issue is Jesus, like me and you, like Adam and Eve, was tempted in the issue concerning who he is. And the identity issue is the root of all temptations. As we're going to see over and over as we move forward in these teachings. Amen? Now, doubt and unbelief, which are cousins, doubt and unbelief are cousins, is the root of all temptations and sins. 
Now, before I get to Jesus, let, let's look at an example in Numbers, Numbers 20. Numbers 20. To just see how this thing can be so disguised. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. Verse 9. Let's start from verse 7. Verse 7. Numbers 20 verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and the animals drank. Now, by reading this passage, if I was to ask you what was Moses' problem, what would you say the problem was? Anger? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you get, give, him, give her a dollar. Give her two dollars. <laughs> You're a senior. Give her two dollars. <laughs> you see, at first value, you would say that anger was a Moses' problem. Because that's what we saw. That's the demonstration that you see. But from God's perspective, the root of the anger is in unbelief. Because verse 12 tells us, verse 12 tells us, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And I'm saying this, we said this before, I'm telling you, the root cause of all sins Everything that happens is unbelief, which is rooted in the fact that we don't understand or know our identity. Nobody goes to hell for any other reason other than unbelief. Ooh. That's it. Because the very thing, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus that should get anyone out of hell is what you don't believe. The price for our sins was paid by the blood of Jesus. And so if I don't believe that, there's no more remedy. No more remedy. The sin issue is not the issue. God took care of that. It's, de it's dealt with. But you have to believe that he dealt with it. You cannot continue to engage in do-it-yourself religion. It's fig leaves. It's temporary cover. It doesn't solve anything. Amen? Now, so, going back to your notes here, doubt, unbelief, not recognizing who we are, can keep us from receiving all that God had prepared for us. Absolutely. No one can ever successfully resist the temptations of the devil without a firm conviction of who they are in Christ and their power and authority that union gives them. That's the key. Because if you don't understand who you are, you will never be able to move out in power and authority. You forever be doubting, am I right? Am I wrong? Is God happy? Is he mad? Do I have authority? Do I not have it? Yes. 
Bill Gates will never walk to Walmart afraid of, to, to pick up any, any, anything on the shelf. He can buy the whole store. He has confidence that whatever they have on the shelf, he can pay for it. But a man who is homeless, who has no job, no income, cannot do that. They lack the confidence because you know what? They don't have the resource that they can use to trade or to acquire value that's in the store. So everything we have to deal with God on is strictly rooted in understanding who we are. And tomorrow night, I'm going to give you some practical examples of how our identities get marred, how we get thrown off our game, how the things that happen to us in our life as a child, as an adolescent, in our adulthood, things that happen has informed the way we see ourselves rather than the way God sees us. And as long as you're seeing yourself the way the world has labeled you, you will never fully be able to function. It's very easy. It's very easy. You hear certain things long enough, you start believing them. That's why the advertisement TV is full of commercials. The same thing, over and over and over and over. You need, to, you need this. You need to buy this new, this new shirt, this new gold, this new whatever it is, this new car. On and on and on and on. And they're convincing you, you have a car in your driveway, nothing is wrong with your car, but all day long, they're telling you this is the latest model, it will do this for you. Do you get out, you go get it. Yeah. Because they say to you long enough, and you watch and hear it long enough, you believe it. That's why Jesus says, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. Amen? Amen. Now, temptations are events or occurrences that exist to prove something to us. It's important you know that. Every challenge you and I face through life, through the situations we are faced in, through what we are hearing, it's an opportunity for me and you to say, you know what, I reject that is who I am. It's an opportunity to prove to you, not to God. God already knows who you are. It's an opportunity for you to distinguish yourself and say, no, that is not me. That's why you have temptations. That's why the Bible says God gives a way of escape. What's the way of escape? Identify yourself. This is not me. I hear what you're bringing to me. I, I see what you're saying, but I'm telling you, no, my case is different. This is not me. You have to prove it to yourself. It is in the proving that you get stronger. Huge. Okay. Let's, 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 okay. let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Because Matthew, no, actually Matthew chapter 4. The, book of, the books of Matthew and Luke both recorded Satan's temptations of Jesus. Both of them. Okay. In both accounts, we have Two of the three temptations, starting with the words, if thou be the son of God. Now, isn't that amazing? Let me go back one minute. In that garden, over 6,000 years ago, when God made that announcement, let us make man in our own image and likeness. Who has heard it? Absolutely. You're right. Because Ezekiel 28 tells us that Satan or Lucifer was in the garden. 
It was there. It was created before Adam and Eve. This, I don't want to go too far ahead. Not only was he created before Adam and Eve, he knew God before Adam and Eve did. Had to. So he heard what God said. We are going to make man in our own image and likeness. And immediately, immediately, he went to the root of what God said to them. Fast forward now, Matthew 3, 17. Heavens opened up. The Spirit of God descended down like a dove. Jesus is about to be baptized. And there was an announcement made. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus heard it. John the Baptist heard it. Those that were there heard it. Who has heard it? The devil. And immediately he said, oh yes, I know how I stopped the first Adam. I know exactly what I did. I know exactly how I stopped the first Adam. It's so simple. Do it yourself religion. I don't need to change anything. Let me approach the same Jesus and find out. So, give me the scripture. Matthew chapter 4, verses uh, 3 and 6. Matthew chapter 4. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, I said to you yesterday, there is no temptation that is a real temptation if it does not offer you something. The temptation does not exist. It's not valid if it does not offer you something. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Was he hungry? Yes. So the tempter came on the heels of him being hungry and said, you know what? I know, I know, I know. You're a supernatural guy. Command that the stones become bread. You need bread. You are hungry. He's offering Jesus something he needed. And that's the same way these things come at me and you. The offer that the enemy gives you are not always bad. They are not always evil, so to speak. But they are poison. You bite it, you are finished. But look how I started. If you are the son of God. In other words, it goes right to the root of who Jesus was. If Jesus did not know who he was, if all he knew was that, watch this, if Jesus just acknowledged I'm a miracle worker, he wouldn't survive it. Oh, you didn't get it. If he just, if he identified with just being a healer, a miracle worker, or whatever you want to call him, he would not have survived it. No. Because being a miracle worker is a fleeting passing title. You can be a miracle worker today and not a miracle worker tomorrow. But being the son of God is an eternal title. It doesn't change. So the enemy says, if you are the son of God, that who you are. Because if your father loves you, you, you shouldn't be hungry. Ooh. 
verse 6. Give me verse 6. So he comes back again. And said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you, bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Now who, who, in, who in their right mind wants to fall? Who in their right mind wants to just, just take a dive? No. But look at the question. If you are the son of God. In other words, in both of these temptations, in other words, do something to prove that you are the son of God. Again, back to do-it-yourself religion. Do something. Folks, what do you going to have to do to be who we are? Nothing. What were we? What did you do to get in your mother's womb? Nothing. Nothing. So why do we think now we own, we, we own the responsibility to make something happen? We don't. We don't. It's all on God. And if God don't do it, he does not need to get done. That, that, that should set many of us free right there. Yes, so for Jesus, the real temptation wasn't to turn the stone into bread or cast himself off a pinnacle of the temple. It was to doubt his, the revelation of his father which he had given him. Now, this is, this, is, this, is, this is going to be very interesting because let's go to Luke chapter 2. Because I know some of us are thinking, well, that's Jesus. Uh, he's the son of God. Yeah, he should be able to deal with that or handle that. Really? That's not really a valid argument because you're going to see, I'm going to show you something in a minute. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Luke chapter, chapter 2, verse 49, the Bible says, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. This is the key here. This is, this is the real key here. Do you not know that like me and you, there had to be a day and time and hour where the revelation of the Father to Jesus' heart as being the Son of God had to become real to him? Whoa, okay. Let me back off. I said that, I said that too much, too fast. He did not come out of Mary's womb speaking Hebrew. He did not come out of Mary's womb speaking Aramaic or Greek. Jesus didn't. He did not come out of Mary's womb with a label on his head, son of God. No. But at some point in his life, as a result of the dealings of the Holy Spirit in his life and his heart, he came to an understanding that yes, I am the son of God. And from that moment forward, began to live it out. The Bible just told us he had to grow in wisdom. <laughs> Look, 252. He had, to, he had to increase in wisdom, which means he did not always have all wisdom. He had to increase in stature 
and in favor with God. Did you hear that? Jesus did not come out of the womb with all the favor. He had to increase in all of these areas of his life. But in verse 49, he said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Obviously, by Luke, by Luke 2, 49, he knew. So what I'm saying to you and I is, the same time and day must come in our lives. Where what God has said concerning us must become so real to us, we can taste it, feel it, talk it, live it, walk it. All of this is happened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot of your own self work out and make yourself like God. It's not possible. But by trusting God on a day-to-day basis and believing his word concerning you and embracing it as we read last night, Philemon verse 6, talking about how you must acknowledge every good thing that God has made available for you. You and I must acknowledge them. We must say, yes, God, I find it in your word. It is real. It is true. I receive it from me. Yeah. That was an opening for me. I said, wow, Jesus, okay. He did not come out of the womb speaking Greek. He had to learn. He had to grow. He had to develop. And he had to come into a place of revelation where he believed that, oh, what God said about me is true. I receive it. I embrace it. It's mine. And from there, it's history. It's history. Now, in closing, because we're going to pray now, it's clear that it's not going to happen by works. Satan succeeded in making Adam and Eve try to get what God had already prepared for them by engaging in an action that they thought would bring that result. And right there and then, as I said to you at the beginning, we saw the birth of the do-it-yourself religion. They did not trust God. They trusted in their own effort. Similarly, Satan offered Jesus to use his own efforts to prove a point about his identity. And Jesus did not fall for it. He did not have to prove anything to the devil. He only needed to prove to himself that he's the son of God. He was already the son of God and he was settled on that truth whether the devil likes it or not. Jesus overcame this temptation by simply referring to the word. It is written. His victory and the victory that will be our victory tonight and forever would not be by our works, nor by power, but by his word. It's up to us. We can accept the labor that the world gives us or we can accept the labor that God has given us. Now, Pastor Charles was sharing with me last night, me and Pastor Tosnas were talking after, after we left, which was very, is very insightful. And that is, when we talk about animal kingdom being uh, made according, uh, according to its kind and, and as a result they produce. He said to me, he said, you know, the only plant that does not reproduce after its kind is the one that's been genetically engineered. The one that the outside force as genetically, genetically created. And so, similarly, for you and I, 
even though we have been made in the image and likeness of God, when we import outside forces to try to help us to accomplish what God has already done, that's what's so annoying. It's already a done deal. Now we're employing all these things to try to accomplish it. It will never reproduce after its own kind. Not after the kind of God. We can stop the frustration right now by just saying, you know what? You said it, God. I'm going to stand upon the integrity of your word that can never change. You are the one that hastens to perform your word. Your word never returns unto you void. And therefore, whether it takes one hour or ten years, I'm going to stand because you are God all of the time. Let's turn to our faith. And we're going to pick it up from here tomorrow night. Pastor Tosin, please come. We're going to pick it up from here tonight, tomorrow night. I'm going to give you some practical things tomorrow night because I want this thing to become crystal clear to us. And, uh, and uh, it's going to really mark us and how we see ourselves. How we see ourselves. And understanding that we did not live to get victory, but we live from victory. It's important that we catch that. We are not trying to obtain victory. It's already done. We are living from victory to victory. Amen? And so tomorrow night, we're going we're gonna to try to define to us the difference between victory and being in triumph. Spend 10 minutes. Let's, let's pray. Let's just thank God for the word that we've heard tonight. Thank you, Lord. For the life of your word. Thank you for speaking to us expressly tonight. Thank you, O oh God, for the eyes of our understanding that is enlightened. Thank you because, Lord, of this, O oh God, our lives will not be the same again. Our Father, this is our prayer tonight. Holy Spirit of God, that you will help us to be conscious of who we are on every minute basis. Lord, help us to be aware of our environment. For when Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, you said that where I am, you will be also. You said in your word that we are seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father, far above principalities and powers and any name that can be named. And your word declares, O oh God, that we are dead and our life is hidden in Christ and in God. Father, we understand that this is who we are. And our prayer tonight is that we become acutely aware of the environment we breathe from. The environment we live in. We understand and become aware, oh Lord, that Lord you are in us and we are in you. 
We understand, Almighty God, that every conversation we have, it is from the throne room, O oh God. Lord, help us to become aware, O oh God, of this on a daily basis, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. That we will no longer be like winds that are tossed to and fro. That, Lord, we will stand, O oh God, understanding that we are rooted and grounded in you. That we are completely immovable, O oh God, because this is who we are. This is what you have accomplished from, for us. Father, therefore, we pray tonight, even as the theme of this fast, that we will know as we are known. Open our eyes, almighty God, that, Lord, we will begin to dig deeper and deeper and deeper, oh God, and understand who we are. And through this, acknowledge all the good things that we have in you. Lord, we pray tonight, oh God, that, Lord God Almighty, we will see only from the throne room, oh God. Father, Lord, we will conversation, oh, we will converse only from the throne room. Father, we thank you that our dialogue will be such, almighty God, even as Jesus. Jesus will say that as I hear my father, so I do. Father, Lord, may this be, oh God, where we live from. That we are no longer living from the image of the world. We are no longer living to please the world. We are living, oh God, conscious that we are the children of God. That a price has been paid for us. That, Lord, an environment has been created for us. That we will live conscious of this environment in the name of Jesus. Our Father, I want to thank you tonight. What an awesome God you are. What a loving God. It is just in understanding how strategic you've planned everything. Lord, it blows our mind. Lord, we can now understand why Paul would say that, Lord, your love surpasses understanding. Man cannot comprehend it. My God, in your love, you made a perfect way for us. In your love, you've made everything available to us. No wonder, gee, no wonder when Jesus gave the analogy of the Father and the Son, the Father would say to the Son, all that I have is yours. My God, help us to, become on, to come to an understanding of this, that all that heaven has is ours. That Lord God, we have been giving it, oh God. That Lord, it has become our inheritance. Lord, it is our, it, it is, oh God, it is part of who we are. Father, we want to thank you tonight. We give you praise. We give you praise. That we will no longer be a people frustrated, but a people conscious of who they are. That Lord God Almighty, we will not give in, oh God, to the lies of the enemies. But Lord, even as Jesus, we will say it is written that we are the children of the Most High God. That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We will walk with such a confidence, oh God, that Lord, men will not be able to understand. Father, we want to thank you tonight. That we understand that we are the light of the world. For when Philip asked Jesus, say, who is the, where is the father? And Jesus said to him, have I been with you this long and have you not seen the father? Father, may we be able to say this boldly to everyone that will see. Have you been with me this long and you have not seen the father? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. Father, may we walk conscious of this. May we live from this, oh God. Understanding that we have been endued with power. Your word declares that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. 
that the excellency of power will be of you and not of us. Father, tonight we declare that we acknowledge that there is power within us. Lord, we acknowledge that we are powerhouse, oh God, for this is who we are. This is what you have labored us to be. My God, tonight we pray that we will live from the throne room. Father, we receive the grace to live from the throne room. Father, thank you tonight. That we are not a people that are pursuing visitations. But a people that are conscious of habitation. Lord, tonight we pray. That in the name of Jesus. We will understand that we have been made a habitation of God. That this is where you live. And because you live here, oh God, we are victorious already. Father, because you live in us, oh God, we are healed already. Because you live in us, oh God, we are prosperous. We are not looking to be prosperous. We are prosperous, oh God. No wonder Jesus will say with God, all things are possible. That Lord, from the throne room, we will see all the possibilities. Father, thank you. We are blessed. We say with all confidence, we know we are blessed. We lack nothing. We are made complete. We thank you tonight. That you have blessed us in all things. We are rich, O oh God. You became poor that we through your poverty will be rich. That is what your word declares. And therefore, Lord, thank you that the crooked, you have made it straight for us. The rough has been made smooth for us. Thank you, Lord, that the mountains and the hills will break forth before us. Father, we want to bless your name for it tonight. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. I want to read a scripture for us before we go. If you have your Bible, please, would you open to the book of Isaiah 55? And I want to read there from the message version. And this is just a scripture I want to give to us tonight as we go. Isaiah 55. And it's going to be from the message version, please. From verse 12 to 13. It says, so you will go out in joy. You will be led into a whole and complete life. I want you to hear that tonight. You're living from the throne room. So you're going to go out. You'll be led to live a whole and complete life. I want you to lift up your hands tonight. And say with me, Father, my life is whole and it is complete in the name of Jesus. And here is what you're going to say to yourself. The mountains and the hills will lead the parade bursting with singing. 
In other words, everything that you have taught to be a challenge, as you begin to see from the throne room, they themselves will begin to burst out singing for you. Because you're going to see every victory that has been given to you already in Christ. He says, all the trees of the forest will join in the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. You are a living and lasting evidence of God. This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus completed. You are a living and lasting evidence of God. Men will look at you, see prosperity. Men will look at you, they will see healing. Men will look at you, they will see praise. Men will look at you, they will see peace. Men will look at you, they will see the completeness of the Godhead in you. Father, we thank you that this is who we are and this is where we live from and this is what men see about us in the name of Jesus. Give him praise tonight as we go. Give him praise tonight as we go. Give him praise tonight. He's worthy. He's worthy. We bless your name, oh God. In Jesus' name. Be blessed. We'll see you all tomorrow. On your way, don't forget to give your offering as you go.